0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Well, awesome. It's good to see you this morning. You look good. Excuse me. Thank you for all the uh, cards and gifts for my birthday. And uh, Friday was a big day. Turned 73. And uh, looking for seventy-three more. We had a we had a really great we had a, a great week this week to celebrate the homegoing. Well, we're we just in our thoughts. We're still going to have the service for one of our generals here in the church, Brother Willie Lemon, uh, served for nine years on our board of directors. Always had a strong prophetic word, prayer warrior lived the last few years of his life in constant pain and not being able to see well, not being able to move around and all those. But last week, it was his time to exit from this world and to go into the next world where he'll spend eternity by being able to dance, run, see, yell, scream as loud as he wants. And we'll be letting you know about his memorial service that'll be coming up very soon. Also, out in the lobby, there are a few books left from the famous author B.F. Randall Woo! called Between the Lightning and the Thunder. And it's a, it was a number one, number one this year, number one this week, sorry, on the Bible fictional books. Number one from our own Pastor Ben, who wrote this book. I'm telling you. We bought ours on Audible, and we started listening to it last week, and I told Anita, I said, man, I didn't know the old guy had it in him. I mean, <laughs> he is such a, such a wordsmith. I was amazed. I mean, I was just amazed at how, how he put words together, and it's a story of... What it was probably like for James, the half-brother of Jesus, who didn't believe in Jesus in the beginning, to become a Christ follower and the leader and the head of the church. So uh, if you already bought your book, he'll be out in the lobby this week and next week to sign it, or he'll bring some more books this week. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this book. And when you order it, if you order it on Amazon or something else, give it a high rating because we want to push the algorithms up high for that book because it makes a difference in people's lives. All right? Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's good to see you today. We're in a new series. We're going to wrap up today called I Love My Church. We're going to wrap it up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your presence. Man, we feel you here, Lord. Man, we just feel you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that this is your house, not our house. This is not a black church, a white church, a Hispanic church. This is your church, Lord, church of all colors for all people. Help us to always keep that in mind, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're using us as your instruments to change the world, to make it a better place. Today, Lord, as we approach the last teaching in this series, I pray that you help me to say what you want me to say. Don't let me to say anything you don't want me to say. And Holy Spirit, I'm just desperately leaning on you today for that anointing that you bring that changes words into um, a ministry, into people's hearts. So I pray today, Lord, that you will be glorified, the saints will be edified, and the enemy will be terrified in the name of Jesus. Well, let me remind you where we've been in this series, and if you missed any of these, you can go to our archive (coughs) and uh, take a listen to those. First couple of weeks, we talked about I love my church by living out the mission. And we said the mission was leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, right? I mean, we're bringing hope and impacting our community. Say it with me. We're bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Great, well done, without any hints on the board, right? Because Jesus said, I want you to go into all the world. And then at the very last words he said, he said, I want you to go make disciples, make disciples. So we talked about that. And the second week we talked about, I love my church by doing life together. We said it's not good for a man or a woman to be alone, and God created us to be in relationship. And people who live isolated do so to their own demise, to their own destruction. So we do life together. It's hard to do life together, sitting in rows, but so we do it in circles in serving groups and in life groups, meet together. How many of you are in a life group this semester, right? Look at all those hands. Wonderful. You get, you get one step to heaven quicker than anybody else. I'm telling you, because it'll make a difference in your life. And I don't know if you can still sign up for a life group or not, but you can sure try. The little lady up here, the little, the little lady, Tanya, just just look at her with really sorrowful eyes and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't sign up. I'm such a loser. Can you get me in? And watch what she can do. All right. We talked Next week, about I Love My Church by Serving Like Jesus. We said each of us has a gift and a talent, and God created us to use that gift and talent. And if we're not doing that, we're never going to find purpose, we're never going to find significance, and we're going to feel like we're just chasing our tail all of our life looking for something that's going to make a change. And last week, we talked about I Love My Church by Extravagant Giving. And I just want to applaud you. You're a faithful house of tithers and givers. But we said during the month of February and March... We're going to do our very best, above our tithe and regular offerings, to bring a very special missions gift, and we're praying for $100,000 to come in by the end of March, and that money will go directly to missions. Most of that will go into the mission field where uh, people groups have not been reached with the truth of the gospel. You're going to be hearing more about that, and there's a good chance that one of our representative missionaries will be with us on Palm Sunday, Gail, and I'm going to interview her, and I'm going to talk to her about some of the things that are going on in Libya, Libya, some of the things that are going on in closed countries that you and I can't get to right now because we have an American passport, but because she has a double passport, she's able to get in, and she's gonna talk to us about training people to go to the mission field, a lot of things. I just, we spent, I don't know, a couple, maybe an hour or so with her last week talking, and and because I want us, I want you to go. If you've never put your feet on the ground on a mission, if it's short-term, mid-term, long-term, I'm praying that you'll do that once in your life. So today, after all that review, I wanna wrap it all up and here it is. I love my church now. Now, that's strange, you say, well, what does that mean, I love my church now? I understand, but I love my church by doing the mission, uh, doing life together, serving, extravagant giving, but what do you mean by now? Well, a lot of people suffer from what I call Someday Syndrome. Right. You know, you know, anybody like that? They're always waiting for. Yeah. Someday I'm going to get serious about serving God. Someday, you know, I'm going to have time to give. Someday I will start tithing. Someday. Yeah, Terry, I believe all those things are important. Living out the mission, winning somebody to the Lord, inviting people to church, doing life together. I believe all those are important. I believe in this series. And someday I want to. Someday I will. Someday I'll invite somebody. Someday I'll get down to business with God. Someday I'll use the talents and gifts that he's given me. Here are the symptoms. Maybe you have someday syndrome. And you've been trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Why can't I find any purpose, any joy, anything in my life that seems to fit together? I try all these things and nothing seems to work. Well, let me give you some symptoms of someday syndrome. You're always focused on somewhere ahead, out there. And out there, the next person I meet, the next job I get, the next thing that happens, it's going to bring significance and happiness and fulfillment into my life. And it's what I've been looking for. Or you'll say, you know what, when I retire, when I have kids, when I don't have kids, when I get married, when I get unmarried, you know, when, when, I, when I retire, when I do all of those things, then, then, then I'll get serious. Some people say, you know, Terry, I, I believe you 100%, but you see, I, I'm in a real storm right now. I'm going through a tragic loss. I'm going through a divorce, I'm going through a loss of my job, I'm going through difficulty with my family, I'm going through one of the scariest storms of my life. But here's what I've noticed, sometimes God doesn't deliver us out of the storm, he comes to us in the storm to reveal reveal himself in a greater way. If God got you out of every storm, you would never know what it's like to be like the three Hebrew children, he could have kept them out of the fire. But they said, nevertheless, if God doesn't deliver us, we're ready. And they walked into the fire and they were able to do something that nobody else was able to do. They were able to walk around in the midst of that fire with the presence of the Holy God. I'm telling you, some of you have been wasting this storm in your life, waiting for that someday when you're out of this storm, someday when you're out of this. But I'm going to tell you, look around right now because he's walking with you. He sustains you. He's helped you this far. Amen. And then I hear people say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just in this season right now, Terry. I, I used to be, you know, I used to go to church regularly. I used to tithe. I used to give. I used to sing. I used to play. I used to serve. I used to do all of those things. But I'm in this season of my life. So don't ask me to get serious because I'm in a season in my life. Let me ask you a question. When has a calendar change ever changed the chaos of your life? Well, I'm in this season, but, you know, six months from now, I'll be out of this season. A calendar has never changed the chaos of your life. if I do that? No, no, we have to live on prayer. In 2017... My life came to a screeching halt. Anita and I sat in the Moffitt cancer center in uh, Tampa, we were looking at some x-rays of my lungs and the doctor looked at me and he said, the young doctor said, I'll tell you like I would tell my own brother, you have cancer. There's no doubt about it. And we need to set up surgery as soon as we can. We can probably do that in like the next two or three weeks. And, and I'm looking at that, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, a, a, a great man of faith, right? But all I could think about is my life came to a screeching halt. All the things that I thought was important were important at that moment. All I could think about is, oh, and, and this is true, what I'm saying. It's humorous, but it's true. What about Anita? Oh, she's probably going to find some young guy that's very good looking to make her happy. <laughs> I, honestly, that's what I thought. And then I thought, uh, what, about my, what about my kids? What about my grandkids if, if, I, if I never see them, like, like, get married? What about my great-grandkids? Isn't it amazing how when it comes to the screeching halt that maybe you're not going to live forever, you start searching through what's really important and what's, what's significant. Then I thought about you. And now well, we got things in place right now that if I kick the bucket at this moment, that church goes on, we've got a plan in process, next pastoral, every, everything's moving, we, we have all that. But at that time, I didn't. And I thought, what about all the people? What, what, what's going to happen to all the wonderful people that you've given us? Well, to make a horrible story, very short, uh, Anita said to the doctor, hey, we're people of faith. Let's don't schedule that surgery for the next couple of weeks. Would you, would you give us a, a, a month or so? said, so, well, yeah, but you don't put it off long. We'll go ahead and set everything up. And you know the story. You've heard the story. You've seen the videos where the Lord completely erased that place in my lung. And it's no longer there. And it's not there. Thank God. But what if you only had 30 days to live? You say, don't try to throw that fear card on me because that's not going to work in my life. Let me just remind you of a few scriptures. David said this in Psalm 90 and 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. I told you I turned 73 on Friday. But I can remember things that happened to me when I was four or five. When I was running, I'm so... so, um, I'm so full of grace, fell and broke my arm, five, right, right, I remember that clearly. I can remember the smell. I can remember the tree under which I did it. I remember the quilt that my aunt had laid out when was playing. And I'm thinking, I can remember that at five so vividly, and here I'm at 73. And it just seems like it's just been a breath. See, it's not an accident that you're here today. God brought you here to remind you, you don't have forever. You have today. You have now. That's all. Here's what James said. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is like a fog. You see it for a short time, and then it goes away. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, so be careful how you act. These are difficult days. Don't be fools. Be wise. Excuse me. Make the most of every opportunity that you have for doing good. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. What? Read that last line with me. Read it up there. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to find out and do whatever the Lord wants you to do. Just consider... Just consider how you would live your life different if you knew that you only had 30 days to live. I believe you would focus on the things that really matter. I believe you'd start checking up with the Lord. Lord, uh, hey, are are we all right, Lord? Are are we all right? Am am I doing what you wanted to do? Am I wasting my life? If am I running from you? We check up on those things and said, Lord, are, are we doing what you want us to do? Listen. There's some enemies in our life that would like to destroy us from living the now life. I think the first one is, if you want to take notes, it's there. Stop making excuses. Look at your neighbor and say, stop the excuses. Come on. Procrastination. Well, someday, 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 someday. Someday. Look, as if you've inherited a genetic intruder that's making you procrastinate. No, it's a decision you're making, a choice that you're making. Listen, your life up to now is that you keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off someday. Proverbs 26 and 13 says, the lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. Loafers say it's dangerous out there. Tigers are prowling the streets and they pull the covers back over their heads. He said, look, I'm not going to make any decisions today. I know there's a lion in the street. They haven't even got out of bed. How do they know there's a lion in the street? It's it's all of those what ifs. Well, you know, I'm I'm not going to make a decision right now. I'm in this season of my life. I'm in this storm of my life. When I get older, it's all the what ifs. And you pull the cover over your head. And you've been pretending that life is all that you're living under the covers. And you know God's called you for more. You know he's calling you more now. And you keep saying, well, someday, someday. Number two, commit to action. Commit to action. Start now, immediately, immediately, now. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified, James 4 and 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that's visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. But here's what Paul says. Read this with me. I'm not waiting for it. Read it out loud with me. I'm not waiting for it. I'm walking in it now. Stop waiting for it. Walk in. Look at your neighbor and say, walk in it. Walk in it today. Commit it to action. Today is the day. And number three, ruthlessly prioritize your purpose. Ruthlessly prioritize your purpose. You have to decide what matters. You have to do that. I can't do that. I mean, I I could tell you, look, you need to get healthy. You need to lose some weight. You need to stop drinking. You need to start doing, stop doing drugs. You need to get exercise. You need to do something. But I can't make you do that until you realize the path I'm on is not the path that I want. And so you have to prioritize yourself. Because if somebody twists your arm to change, you know, you never have anybody to change. You say, you know, you need to quit smoking. It's going to kill you. Yeah, I know I need. No, I know. And they bribe you, do everything else. But it's until you become to realize I'm going to prioritize i'm going to change i'm going to exercise i'm going to do right you have to ruthlessly prioritize your life or you're going to continue just spiraling and spinning and having no purpose and going nowhere and saying someday 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 paul said in philippians 3 i'm not saying that i have this all together i'm not saying i've got it all made all made but i'm well on my way reaching out for christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal. We may say I've got my eye on the purpose. Where God is becking us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep (coughs) keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, If any of you have something else in mind, something else than total commitment to God, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it. Now that you're on the right track, let's stay on it. Some of you have a blurred vision. You've lost the vision, the purpose, the dream. You've quit dreaming of what God could do and would do in your life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 26, I run with purpose. Every step I take, he says, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. I'm not just shadow boxing. And then he goes on to say in Corinthians 10 and 31, whatever you do, read it with me, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, say whatever. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Then in Acts 20 and 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task, or we can say the purpose, that the Lord Jesus has given me. You say, that's it. That's it, Terry. I've been, I've been looking for the purpose. What's my life purpose? What's my task that he's waiting for me to complete? And Paul says, dash, here it is, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. In other words, It's that you live your life in such a way that it impacts other people. Who was it the other day that was sharing a powerful testimony? And they said, you know what? It wasn't what somebody said to me. But it was me watching their life and how they did life. And the words they spoke about their life that drew me to them and said, what is it? What is it that you have? What is it that you've discovered that makes you who you are. You see, that's testifying of the good news of God's grace. That I do everything I can to teach people and to let people see the Lord living in my life. Listen to this, purpose helps you feel passion. Purpose helps you feel passion. I meet people all the time, they're just beige. Beige is not a color. I don't like beige. It's not my choice. I like bold colors. Beige is like, so if you like beige, I hope it's not your personality. (laughs) Just, just, just beige. No passion about anything. What do you want to do with your life? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What's your dream? Oh, I don't know. What what do you think? What's, what's, what's God going to do with your life? Oh, I don't know. You know why you're that way? You know why you have no passion about anything? You have no purpose. You have no purpose. Up to now, you've lived your life around your purpose. What I want to do. What are my dreams? But what if today you realized real passion in life comes from living the purpose that he created me to live? You see, even Paul says, even in the ordinary Mundane things, if I'll do all of those ordinary mundane things for His glory, He, he gives me a passion for that. And, and there's a satisfaction, like some of you this week in serving. You found joy. And simply coming early and making sure the coffee was right. And you did it for the glory of God. You did it. You know, some people would come and say, well, I'm just going to slap the coffee together because that's the assignment they gave me. And here, we'll just use whatever we can to make that. Who cares what brand it is? Who cares what it is? Slap it out there. But what if, what if, if you were doing that unto the glory of God and somebody came to the second service today because they were so drunk last night, they couldn't get up for the first service and they needed that cup of coffee to help them get halfway alert so they could hear this teaching today and their life would change. It's amazing what can happen if we do even the ordinary mundane things all for his glory. Or maybe you're over in the two-year-old room holding a baby, praying over that baby, pouring into the next generation. Or maybe it's when you simply open up your home for a life group and help people make a spiritual connection. Here's what I learned. What normally seems ordinary becomes extraordinary because you realize it's not just a task, but it's a purpose directed by God and the passion will follow the purpose. Man, my heart breaks today for people that have no passion about life because they don't have a purpose. And if they had a purpose, they're not using it for God. They're wasting it on themselves. But someday it'll all work out. Someday. Hope it's not too late. Hope it's not too late that when you see the Lord, he doesn't say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You fulfilled a purpose. He just has to say, well, you're done. You know, in life, there's another thing that keeps us it hinders us, and it's the, always the someday that we're looking forward to about things that are in our life. Maybe, maybe like you're married, and uh, you know, you, you, you got the towel. Marriage has been tough in the last couple of weeks, maybe for the last couple of months. Everything you start to talk about, it runs into an argument, and you get to the place, you walk out of the room, and you think, why in the world am I even married? And if I, just, if I just found the right person, they wouldn't treat me this way. Uh, and life would be so much different because this is the way that he's treating me or she's treating me. I would come to a place that, that we're not living in the now. We're living in maybe what can change down the road. Maybe there's somebody else. Maybe somebody flirts with you at the office or something else. And you just come along and you do it with the towel. You say, you throw in the towel. That's it. That's it. Our marriage is over. I give up. Maybe someday. But what if part of the reason that things collapsed is because you've spent your whole life with a someday syndrome, never living in the now. One day we'll get the right way to do that. Maybe even with your finances. Say, okay, we're going to we're going to make sure that we do God's. We lived last week, We listened last week about the tithe, the offering. So we're going to do real good on that. And then you get hit with a, a bill that you wasn't expecting. And then you get hit with another bill that you weren't expecting. You say, this is hard. This is difficult. This is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be when I tithe and when I give and I put God first, everything's supposed to be good. Oh, shucks. So let's, just go, let's just go out to eat. We'll use a credit card. Let's just go out and, well, let's just buy a new, a new outfit for each of us. You know, that'll make us feel good. Stewardship, ever getting ahead? Let's just throw in the towel. If we amass a debt that's bigger than we are, one of these days we'll call bankruptcy and we'll just get it over with. Spinning a circle, spinning a circle. Or maybe it's about church. Yeah, you know. I used, to, I used to go to church. I, I tried that. I read my Bible a, a couple of days once. <laughs> I, I came to church and, uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. They didn't give me a parking space up front. Well, I thought I should have a parking space. I didn't like the music they had. You know, the coffee stank. It wasn't Starbucks. <laughs> you know, I, I tried that. I tried dedicating my heart to the Lord, but it just seemed like I had more and more more and more things that were going wrong in my life. Maybe someday. Not now. I quit. It's over. And you walk away, throwing in the towel. But here's what I think the Lord is saying today. I don't want you to throw in the towel. I want you to pick up the towel. I want you to wipe the sweat off of your head because I know where you are, it's tough. The grind right now you're in is tough. I want you to pick up the towel. And I want you to recommit to living the life on purpose that I've always asked you to live. You can throw in the towel or you can pick up the towel. You can wake up every day and say, This is the day that the Lord has made. Whatever I do today, whether it's big or small, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. If it's significant or insignificant, I'm going to live it for Him. Hey, won't you say this with me? This is a good thing for us to say every day. You may take a screenshot of this to get it in your mind, but let's say this today. Say it out loud. This is the day the Lord has made. Whatever I do whether it seems big, exciting, small, or insignificant. I'm choosing to find purpose in this. God, I am doing this for your glory. Stop right there. Let's look at that again, say it again. God, I'm doing this for your glory. I'm not running aimlessly. I'm running with purpose in every step. I'm directed by your spirit. I'm empowered by your word. I'm loving people everywhere I go. When I walk into the room, the Spirit of God walks in the room with me. I'm a climate changer. I'm a people lover. I lift the moods of people. When I come into a dark room, light comes in with me. There's nowhere I go that I don't go on purpose. (laughs) From the dead dwelling within me, I walk with purpose. I am here as an ambassador of the Most High God, the highest ranking diplomat sent from heaven to earth to represent the goodness and the love and the grace of God. I will do this now on purpose, and I will do it now. Hallelujah. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap. Amen, 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 amen. Let me pray for you today. Lord, I pray right now in your name. Lord, that you would help us to find that purpose that brings forth the passion for our life. That we don't just wander aimlessly, but we live life on purpose. Would you continue to listen to what the Lord is saying to you? Thanks for joining us! If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.